Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. We have a great episode today with Landon Hobson, CEO of Cosmos Corporation here in St. Louis. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my four sponsors. First, Enterprise Bank and Trust, Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, and the Tom James Company. And now to this week's episode with Landon Hobson. On this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast, I welcome Landon Hobson. Landon Hobson grew up in North Carolina before eventually finding his way to St. Louis, Missouri. Before making it to St. Louis, Landon went to seminary school as well as Columbia University in New York City. After years of working in New York, he had an opportunity to move to St. Louis to help run his wife's family business, Cosmos Corporation. Now as CEO of Cosmos Corp, Landon is using his background to strengthen the culture inside of their organization. It's my honor to welcome Landon to the show today. Landon Hobson, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. Appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I, I, uh, I've known your business for a little while now. I actually uh, use some of your products at my house, and we'll get into that here a little bit later. But uh, excited to have you on today. Just kind of talk to me about your journey um, to St. Louis and now you know leading your organization there. But Let's kind of start in the beginning because I think your story is a little unique and I'm kind of excited to share that. But you grew up in North Carolina, eventually moved to St. Louis. But talk to me about that path to get to St. Louis and everything that had to go in between there. Yeah, it was a very odd path. Uh, So grew up in North Carolina, right outside of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, Both my parents were teachers um, and I have an an older sister who... um, if you're a, a second child, I have an older sister that is smart, uh, well-behaved, and has all the untangibles. So that's wonderful <laughs> for a second child, right? But a great family outside of Winston-Salem. So I uh, went to University of North Carolina Greensboro for undergrad, um, and yeah, have a pretty unique journey. Um, then went to Southeastern Seminary uh, right outside of Raleigh. Um, and completed a seminary degree there, um, took a couple of twists and turns during the degree of what I really wanted to focus on. But at the end of the day, focused on um, how business, economics, culture, religion, specifically Christianity, but religion and politics, how do those intersect in the world? Uh, how, how on a daily basis should they intersect? So after that, really um, 
led me to economics and business have a very large role to play inside of our society. Uh, so moved to New York City after that with the uh, idea of going and getting an economics degree. Um, and so I got into Columbia University up there in New York City and got an international economics degree um, from Columbia, which allowed me to learn kind of that business and an econ side of influencing culture, influencing um, the world for good. So uh, then when I finished that degree, I worked at Columbia as well for five years in their operations area. So when I finished that degree, uh, actually, my wife's family uh, owns Cosmos Corporation. And so talk to them a little bit about the growth they were experiencing. Um, we knew we wanted to start a family and kind of move back close to family, which would be St. Louis, North Carolina. And, um, and they mentioned that, that they uh, started Cosmos, the founder, Don Sr., started Cosmos as a way to generate funds to give back. Um, and he, uh, a while ago, found that there were some funds, so he wanted to step away of the organization and lead some mission work in Guatemala and Haiti, uh, and then his four sons took over the business, and so it kept generating and growing and, and had more funds, so the four of them thought at some point in time, we actually want to follow our dad. We want to step away, use the funds, use the profits that the business is generating, um, increase their mission footprint around the world locally in St. Louis and around the world um, and they would need somebody uh, and a group of people to take over the business at that point. So I thought this is, um, I know we talked one point and I asked if you were a Seinfeld fan yep. <laughs> and I said there's an episode where George is, um, you know, has the Frogger record and he, there's the Frogger machine and they have it hooked up to a battery and the battery is running dead. And he looks at the street in front of him with the frogger machine and he has to weave in and out of traffic. And the, uh, the screen pans to him and he goes, this is what I was been practicing all these years for is to get the frogger across the street. So I kind of thought about uh, cosmos as that, you know, I studied um, business, I studied economics. I, um, have a philosophy of how a for-profit business should intertwine into the world, um, how religion plays a part of that. And uh, when they mentioned, you know, all the aspects of their business, it really went well together. So Nikki and I, my wife decided to move back to St. Louis. I never thought I would move to St. Louis and I <laughs> became ex excited about the job, kicking and screaming about the city and the city has blown me away. It is not uh, at all the PR that it is in North Carolina, New York, I will say that it's a, we have enjoyed every moment of it. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, sometimes St. Louis can get a bad, uh, bad press or bad rap or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, I, I would agree with you. I think St. Louis has a lot to offer for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. And, um, you know, the CEO of my organization just moved to St. Louis from, uh, West Palm beach, Florida. And so, yeah. as you can imagine, he was pretty close to the beach. And a lot of people say, you moved from West Palm Beach, Florida to St. Louis to run a company. And I think if you'd ask him, he loves it. I uh, love it here as well. So uh, pretty neat how you, how you got here. But I thought what I find very interesting that I want to spend a little bit of time on is seminary school. So talk to me about seminary school and how that has kind of um, guided you or impacted your role as CEO of Cosmos Corp. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I often 
not joke, but I, I say it in humor a little bit, but I would say that probably seminary prepared me more to be a CEO than uh, economics. So, uh, but I would say in two different ways. Number one is personal, you know, it, it taught servant leadership. I guess when you break down Christianity to its core, uh, it's the fact that you know, Jesus was a servant leader and left heaven and died for the sins of those. Um, and so, you know, learning that in theology is one thing, applying it in aspects of life is another thing. Uh, and during seminary, I had a really uh, great mentor, some great friends, a great local church uh, who helped me learn it theologically and live it out as a person, at least try to live it out as a person. Um, and so, as a, a CEO, you know, that's what we model. Cosmos is, that's what we model after, servant leadership. Um, you know, our leaders, we, we ask that they be servants, that, that they're here to serve their staff, not their staff here to serve them. Um, you know, we have a core value here that's willing to make the coffee. And that is, that's the definition of that is servant leadership. Be willing to take time out of your day to serve someone a cup of coffee that can make um, their life better, uh, or just their day goes smoother. And so, you know, in seminary, I learned a lot about that. Um, and it kind of taught a leadership philosophy. I think the second one is just a business philosophy, you know, for-profit institution, I think can be um, a vehicle for good. Uh, I think a lot of times for-profit institutions are used uh, for vehicle for greed or profit. That is true. However, I think that there is a different way that businesses go about it. You know, uh, one way that we say our, our philosophy of for-profit business is that, yes, we're going to make a profit. Absolutely. Uh, but we also are going to pay an ethical and living wage, you know, and right now our minimum wage here at Cosmos is $15 and 31 cents. Um, we're going to have a culture where people have dignity and respect and they're treated, um, Speaking back to seminary, they're treated like they're made in the image of God. And that is extremely important for us to do that. And so it shaped my philosophy on how does a business actually operate um, with Christian roots um, and Christian training. And so our owners started this 40 years ago. Um, and, you know, when they're telling me about Cosmos and the culture they've created, and I'm telling them about my philosophy on business that's been shaped uh, it was a match made in heaven. And so, you know, that, that, that really comes from seminary. And one of our owners, actually, uh, Darren Kassebaum, also graduated from seminary and also is a pastor. And so, you know, that, uh, that train of thought has gone through our ownership from the beginning all the way till now. But seminary definitely shaped my mind um, while I was forming those thoughts. Absolutely. Well, and also sounds like it's kind of shaped the culture of the organization. It's, it's shaped other leaders in your organization other than just you. Um, and it's created, I would assume from that, you know, from that what statement, it's created an environment that is uh, enjoyable for your employees to come to work every day. Um, you don't have a culture that's toxic or a lot of turnover or things along those, those lines because of, you know, the culture. I obviously, yeah. you know, my day job is obviously HR outsourcing and I'm, I am a uh, firm believer that culture and good leaders can make a business way more profitable than uh, a, a manager or bad culture because you're going to have turnover and you're going to have employees who don't enjoy working there and you're going to have employees who don't respect you as the leader. And so um, I'm a firm believer that if you can create a good culture within the organization, 
uh, it can make a ma major, major impact on the growth of the company, the profit of the company, um, overall morale of the, or uh, of the organization, things along those lines. And it sounds like the seminary school has really shaped kind of your viewpoint on that and obviously carried over to the organization itself. Yeah, absolutely. And even just from a day-to-day -day aspect of how people interact, you know, if you trust somebody and, and people are here uh, to work for and with each other, that's a big difference in somebody coming in and saying, I'm going to build my empire. Right. I'm going to grow this for myself. Um, and all that does is put up silos and walls and um, it doesn't build trust. And so, you know, the culture, to your point, we say that that's our competitive advantage. People say, what's the competitive advantage of Cosmos? It's a culture of people who actually want to work together for the good of the company as opposed for their individual uh, accolades. Uh, and of course, well, every company is like that. And I say, well, come over and spend some time with us and you'll see the competitive advantage. I say every company thinks they're like that. Um, exactly. Yep. You know, their leaders think they have a good culture, but I bet you if you ask the employees, they would tell, tell you otherwise. Uh, yeah. So let me, let's dive into actually what you guys do. So give us a, a 30,000 foot overview of Cosmos Corps and what you guys do. Yes. So Cosmos Corporation um, owns three pet care brands, uh, Tropiclean, Natural Promise, and Urine Off. Uh, and uh, Tropiclean is sold in pet specialty retailers, think Petco, PetSmart, um, independent stores uh, and chains, all over the world. So it's sold into 70 countries. Uh, Natural Promise is a, another pet care brand sold into uh, places like Walmart, Target, CVS, Walgreens, you know, locally here, uh, Schnucks and Deerbergs. Uh, and so uh, that is sold in uh, three countries worldwide. And then you have Urinoff, which is a brand we just acquired about uh, 18 months ago. Uh, and that is a cleanup brand that cleans up urine for dogs and cats. And that's sold into about 25 countries worldwide um, and also into places like Walmart. Um, and so what we do for those brands is we own them, but we also do new product development. We manufacture them right here in our 190,000 square foot headquarters in O'Fallon. Uh, and then we market, sell, and, and do all aspects of the business. So, uh, our mission is that we're going to continue to innovate new products, um, whether it be through packaging or innovation in technology that's in the product or marketing, but we will have uh, new products coming out all the time uh, for the benefit of pets and their people. And then just so that we can pay our employees, uh, the provision of its employees, and then the poor around the globe and all to the glory of God. So that's Cosmos in a nutshell. Yeah. So how I actually found you guys is I have a black lab who sheds an enormous amount. And yep. so I have used your shed control shampoo um, for years. Uh, and so when I realized that that was you guys, right, I, I, I guess I, yeah. you know, I've lived in St. Louis my entire life and had no clue that the brand that I've been buying, well, since my I had my dog, which is six, seven years, was literally manufactured in my own backyard. That's so awesome. I know, I think it's a, I think it was pretty neat and was one of the reasons I wanted to kind of get you on the podcast today was because I was like, wow, what a small world. You just, you know, there's so many companies in St. Louis that, you know, a lot of people probably don't know that are even here, right? They're, they're not in the news every day or, or whatever. 
Um, and then when you realize that an organization that, you know, you've been using for years is right in your backyard, it's kind of a kind of wakes you up and realize, wow, there's so many good companies in St. Louis, so many good leaders um, that, you know, have so many good values to add to our community. And obviously that's something that you and your organization is doing. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a customer too. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I love the product. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. So talk to me a little bit about COVID. I mean, we're, we're hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, praying, <laughs> we're, we're coming out of this. Yeah, um, rounding the know, corner. Yeah, we're rounding the corner. You know, there's, I, I actually had my second COVID shot yesterday, my vaccine, um, had a really, have a really sore arm right now. But other than that, I feel pretty yep. good. Um, and, you know, I watch the news and the <clears throat> news talks about, you know, July 1st, June 1st, those are the kind of dates everybody's targeting. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about how it impacted your organization last year and how, as a leader, did you manage through that? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to round the corner. I have my second vaccine shot next week. So um, not looking forward to the 24 hours after, but short-term pain, long-term gain, I guess, right? Yeah, that's right. So, so pets took off just from a business perspective. Pets took off. We had an amazing year last year, uh, which blessed us. I mean, we hired close to 50 people last year. Wow. Uh, which is awesome for us to say from just the growth of the business, but also just people needed jobs. I mean, I would say that our company took pride that we were able to hire people when they needed jobs. And I'll be honest with you, we got some amazing people who, unfortunately, other companies weren't able to hold on to. Uh, and so it benefited us greatly from uh, having new people come in. I would say that one thing that our, our company, I'm so proud of them is because servant leadership, as I mentioned, is one of our core values, willing to make a coffee. We were able to work that out on a daily basis. That's, it was really cool to come into a company who um, people wanted to look out for each other. I know that we, you know, we have 250 employees and I know for a fact there's 250 opinions about COVID. <laughs> um, but, you know, our people showed up, the ones that had to come in and the ones that work from home, they showed up every single day. And they followed the protocol. Um, they were great at loving each other and being patient with each other and being patient with me. Um, and so, you know, my leadership philosophy on this was I'm going to communicate as much as possible just what do I see? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? What's to come? Prepare, your, prepare yourself. What's to come? And so um, we, it was a tough time because we were moving into our new headquarters as well. So there was a lot of transition, a lot of new people, a lot of growth. Um, growth comes with risk. You know, we have to determine, is this growth going to be long-term? Should we invest in that equipment? Should we invest in, um, a built more of a building. Um, so all of that happened within the last 12 months, but our team did great. We couldn't ask for better people. Uh, as far as, you know, how it's impacting our business long-term, it sped up a lot of trends that we were seeing. Trends of uh, the 
pet is part of the family. <laughs> that is, yeah. that is a trend that is going to continue. You know, my wife and I actually just had our third boy and I tell people that, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Oliver is his name. And so I tell people that, that the story a lot is that when Oliver has his first bath, you know, my oldest son, Charlie and my middle son, Henry, and my wife, Nikki and I are all gathered around the kitchen sink and we're giving Oliver a bath and it's, it's like a family event, you know, yep. families during COVID did that with their pets. I can't go anywhere. I, I can't take the dog to the groomer. Um, we're in this house for a long time. There's only so many Netflix shows. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go give the dog a bath. And it, we heard from so many families and so many pet parents across the world that this is an experience and your, your products helped us have that experience with our kids that, you know, instead of watching more TV, we went to the bathtub and gave our dog a bath and it was a great experience. And so, you know, from a brand perspective, we're just happy that we could take part in that and kind of bring some joy during a very difficult time. So it has been hard, but um, our business has done well. Our, our employees have done great. And ideally, we can take part in bringing families closer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's good that you guys, um, you know, had a good year last year and, you know, are able to continue with the trends that you're talking about. You know, so many businesses obviously were impacted in a negative way that, as you mentioned, yeah. didn't have the financial wherewithal or the ability to even work. You think restaurants, you think hotels, you think hospitality, all of that obviously had a very big impact on their organization. Um, and so, you know, it's good to hear that, you know, even with the pandemic, how it happened, that there's some businesses I know that, you know, flourished because of it from a, for a variety of different reasons. Right. Um, but it, you know, I, I agree. I think we're rounding the curve, as, as they say, and uh, hopefully, you know, not too much longer and we can return to somewhat of a normal life if, if whatever that normal life looks like going forward. I'm not yeah. entirely sure, but um, but yeah. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. So let's move into more leadership talk. Um, talk to me about, you know, being the leader of the organization. What do you think is the most important thing to remember as you lead your company? You said 250 employees. So what do you, what do you view as your most important thing to do as the leader? Yeah, I think, you know, I think of three things. Number one is people, making sure that we have the right people uh, on the bus and in the right seats. Good to um, great. Doesn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I'm hiring them all, but it's, you know, who, who are the types of people that we want here and, and talking about great authors, you know, Patrick Lencioni has a great book that's called The Ideal Team Player. Um, and it's our, it's our book of the quarter for Cosmos. If you read it, we pay you $50 to read it. Uh, great initiative that we have. Uh, and so the ideal team player gives three virtues, right? It's hungry, humble, and smart. And so it's just making sure that we're getting the right people in the right seats uh, on the bus and that they're hungry, humble, and smart. Uh, I think the other one is process, right? I mean, uh, our gain in the, in the, consumer packaged goods is speed to market, innovation, and the ability to deliver a great product at a cost that consumers want to purchase. That to me just says process the whole way through, you know, making sure that we understand how are we um, learning about the consumer? How are we bringing that in-house and developing a product? How are we moving that through our new product development process? How are we then introducing that into production? And then how are we getting that to our customers and then eventually onto our consumers? That process, that's my job to make sure that the business alignment there uh, is, 
is in place. I think the last thing I would say is probably behaviors. How do we encourage the right behaviors? You know, we have our core values. We say they're core values, but we also say this is how we behave. Um, and that's honest and humble evaluation. We will always be honest and humble as an organization. We ask for employees to do that. We say clarity and communication. And so making sure that we have clarity across all aspects and then we're communicating frequently. Um, be a creator. You know, we want people to be creators here at Cosmos. Um, you know, and so being able to take uh, nothing and turning it into something is extremely important. And that doesn't rest at the top of the organization. That's everybody's job. Pet and pet parent approved. And that's making sure that we are thinking of our consumer. And then, as I mentioned before, willing to make the coffee. And so all of those are behaviors that I need to be encouraging. So if I were to say, you know, what do I focus my time on? It's people, process, and behaviors. That's really where I turn most of my attention because I have amazing people around me that can take care of the rest, right? You don't want me scoping out the next marketing campaign. That's not me, right? You don't necessarily want me looking at financial statements all day. That's not me. I have people who can do that, but how do we position our company around people, process, and behaviors? That's going to move us forward. Yeah. sounds like you're a visionary. Yeah. Sometimes maybe too much. I bet (laughs) if I've marched some people from the organization in here and say, yeah, can we bring can we bring them back down a little bit more? Yeah, but I, I do. I love thinking about that. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. So let me ask you this, you know, from the start of your career, going to North Carolina, then going to seminary, then Columbia, New York, all the way to, you know, being the CEO of Cosmos Corp. What has been the biggest inspiration so far of your career? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would say that I have made a lot of mistakes. And there has been a lot of people along the way who have shown me grace and taken time to uh, teach me a different way maybe and a better way. And so the greatest inspiration is through all of that path. Uh, and even here, you know, I'm involved in a Vistage group and oftentimes I'm, I'm calling these other CEOs, how in the world do I do this? Or look, this is what I did. Obviously it didn't work. It's just, there's a lot of people out there who care. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of people out there who want to work with you, um, even if there's no interest for them. And so probably the most inspirational thing is, is that um, you surround yourself with great people. Uh, Even as a CEO, I know it's a cliche thing that people say is it is lonely at the top. And sometimes it is, but there's, um, there's great people around you who want to work with you and want to show you grace and, and there's great people to work with here. And so probably the most inspirational thing is just a, a restored aspect of humanity, you know, that you yeah. see it every single day. Well, and to your point, um, you know, I don't know if every market is like St. Louis, but I do a lot of networking here in St. Louis. I obviously I have this podcast and I will tell you, uh, of every single person I've reached out to and asked to come on this show and talk to me about their career and their vision and leadership, I've only had one person say not interested. And so we've had 40, you know, 45 episodes now. You'll be the 46th uh, here in a, a few days. And um, St. Louis has got a big heart. There's a lot of good people in this town, a lot of good uh, people who were willing to help and give advice and uh, connect you to other people. Uh, and again, I don't know if every market's like that, but I would agree with you that there's, you know, people are willing to help if you just ask for the help. Um, and, you know, I've heard the statement that it, it's it's lonely at the top. And I think that's why organizations like EO, Vistage 
all those types of organizations where you can have a peer group with other CEOs is, is extremely important. And it sounds like you see that you see that same vision as well. Yeah. And St. Louis, to your point, it is the smallest big town in the <laughs> country for sure. It's incredible. Uh, I don't I didn't go to high school here. Uh, I need to I need to make up a high school. But there it is. It's incredible how small it is. Um, yeah. Yet how everybody is willing to introduce you to somebody else who is willing to help. Yeah. To your point, it's a great, it's a great town to be in business. In. Absolutely. So I, I always leave this uh, episode, the show with asking my guests, you know, kind of the same final question to everybody. And that is if you could leave the audience today with one piece of advice, whether that's about business leadership or just life in general, what would that be? Since probably most of your listeners are in business, I'll, I'll stick to that. And that is, um, know your mission as a business, know why you show up every single day. Um, and then tell your team why you show up every single day and, and why they show up every single day and what impact that has. I think people want to be on a team that accomplishes something good. Uh, and as a CEO, you can get lost in looking at numbers and the future and, and, um, all, all the negative things that may be hitting you from different angles of the business. But when you know your mission, you know why you're in business. Uh, it gives you a lens to make other decisions. So I would just give people advice to go back to the basics and know your mission as a business and then tell your people why that's important. Absolutely. I think that's a great piece of advice. On behalf of the ST Leaders Podcast and myself, I appreciate you coming on today, talking about your career and uh, all the fun things that you've had along the way. Um, thank you for being a good STL leader and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. This episode was brought to you by NWO IT Services. To learn more, visit stlleaders.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Ben Newman.